This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty's in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front lines, sleep in peace tonight, American soldier. Now, Valor Radio. Yes, indeed. Right now, not later, this very moment, Valor Radio on your radio. Come on in here, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and guardians and civilians, of course, who uh, provide their valuable support. Uh, We're glad to have you with us. We have Colonel Paul Simonelli, all duded out in his uh, PGA togs. Looking very sporty. And uh, we have uh, we have Captain Steve Amano in studio. Hi. Glad to have you with us, folks. Good, Good morning, here. gentlemen. Are we all doing okay? Everybody's okay. So I got to give an update. I got to start right away because there's a ton of stuff we got to get through here. Um, two weeks ago, we interviewed uh, Brett uh, Sobierski as he was uh, getting, I think he was into his, he had done two marathons and he was getting ready to do his third that morning. Well, Brett has continued, and he is up to 23. Bravo. Wow. Um, he's uh, he's going to fight thunderstorms today. I just got a text from him this morning. He says uh, he was going to come on this morning, but he's a little anxious because the, he's looking at some really bad weather today. He wants to get out there. Where is he now? Um, he is in southern Virginia. How do you like that? Um, and this is going to be his 24th marathon in 24 days now how, how many is he aiming for total again he is going to do 48 wow and so he's right going in the middle he's going to finish um he's going to finish on june 11th at the civic center plaza at the police memorial Jeez. um and once again this is all to raise money for the family of uh officer anthony mazurkowitz that was killed last year city of rochester police officer brett's retired uh, Rochester Police Sergeant, um, and he's doing this for his fellow TAC unit member and uh, for for uh, Tony's family. And uh, his goal is to raise a hundred thousand uh, dollars through the awareness that he's raising doing this. But um, this is just once again, I'm I'm just in absolute awe. Yeah. Of this, of this, of this man. There's just you know, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of men on earth that have the capacity to do what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And well, he's uh, been training like forever and, and running forever, right? He has. He has done some of the most amazing things. He's uh, done the 135 mile continuous uh, Mojave <laughs> Desert Run. Imagine? Are you kidding? Um, he's done. Uh, they call it um, at the Grand Canyon. They call it. Um, Oh, you run from one side of the canyon to the other, which is a feat in and of itself. The rim run. The rim run. But then he went back. He reversed and went and ran back. Oh, Christ. Um, <laughs> All right. Now, I'm not, now I, about it. I feel. I feel. Swam, I feel shame. He swam across Lake Ontario. Did he? Um, 
Oh my God! He, he's a, it's a gift he has, but it doesn't make it easy. I mean, the, you know, and, and you listen every day. He does a little two minute thing, uh, you know, uh, talk at the end of his run, and he just, you know, whatever demons start to pop up, he's learned to manage them, and uh, just, just physically, he's in his mid fifties. Um, just an amazing, amazing man. So we give him a tremendous amount of credit. He is going to try to come on next Tuesday morning. If I, my arithmetic's right, he should be at about 30, 31 next week um, when uh, we talk to him on Tuesday morning. But uh, just had to give that update. And I'm just I'm, I just unbelievably proud. There's a lot of members of law enfo- local law enforcement that have uh, are going down there and running with him or providing you know his support team. Uh, to watch over him while he's doing this, and uh, just absolutely great. And the police departments along the way have been wonderful, um, just showing up and doing what they do. So, uh, Brett, just keep it up. Uh, you mentioned I did wear my PGA hat today. Uh, we might as well celebrate when something wonderful like this happens in our community. So, um, something something to be happy about. It really is uh, that we're we're enjoying. Um, I was I was out at Oak Hill yesterday. I was dumbfounded at the crowds uh, for the first day. Uh, you know, tournament starts on Thursday. Uh, over a hundred players showed up yesterday, uh, which is a lot for the you know on Monday because they just they're just coming from another tournament, and which means there's less than twenty that still have to show up. But I'm sure they'll get there today. And a lot of events going on out there. The course looks spectacular um the you know the the grass everything just looks absolutely wonderful they've done a great job getting the course ready with the pga and uh this is going to be a fun event might be a little tricky wednesday morning because they're talking about frost right right they're talking about that and then from a tournament perspective uh saturday's looking like it's going to be a little bit uh touch and go but uh Hopefully we'll get through uh, those challenges, you know, some things we can't control. And just absolutely, people were just enjoying themselves yesterday. It just You could just see the pleasure on people's faces. Um, just absolutely wonderful setup out there. And uh, uh, got to give a lot of credit to Oak Hill. It's, it's a big commitment for a place to do that. I don't know the financial, if they make a lot of money or not, but really it's sort of... Um, a lot of prestige. A lot of prestige least. to go with it, yeah. And uh, I've got such great memories out there. You know, my first is, uh, you know, back in the 80s, 70s, I think. But uh, my favorite time there was the Ryder Cup in 1995. I still, to me, that was uh, absolute. Kind of a high watermark for Rochester golf. It really was. It really was. And it was just such a fun. That, you know, the Brits, there's something about the Brits and having fun. You know, I went to school a little bit in England, and I found that no one parties better than the Brits. They really don't. It's just it's just fun, uh, and and they find a way. And that's what it was like for the Ryder Cup. You know, of course, the Europeans won. That was sad, um, but we didn't win. Uh, but uh, that was a great tournament. So we're looking forward to the PGA being here. And uh, if you're going to get out there, hopefully you have tickets. I know there's still some available. Um, but uh, really, I think it's a great event for Rochester and great for the economy. They say it's going to generate a couple hundred million dollars for the economy here in a you know in a short period of time. You really can't. How can you? That's that's a win-win. So hopefully, all will go well. We'll keep keep them in our thoughts and prayers. Um, now, that's something a little bit more serious. Uh, you know, the economy up until a couple of years ago was going pretty well. 
and um, hmm. I'm starting was to get before somebody became president. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. Um, but um, of course, it was that former president's fault that things aren't good now. But Natural. what the troubling things I've noticed reading different things? Uh, you know, I scan the Wall Street Journal uh, periodically, and um, we've, we're our credit card debt's going up like nuts mm-hmm. right now. It's been at a very stable and you know traditionally historically low level, and now it's going up. So people are continuing to live the way they had, but they're relying on credit to do it. They're not paying off. Um, hey, why not? The federal government does it. Well, you know, that's interesting. Um, the uh, the delinquency rate is starting to go up on mortgages. Um, so that's that's a concern. The only area where the delinquency rate isn't going up is school loans, but that's because no one's paying them. They're still not paying their loans from the COVID time. Uh so people haven't started paying those yet, so they haven't had a chance to go wrong. That's going to be a bubble uh, when people actually have to start paying those loans back. Mortgage debt um, is at a uh, increased by about 121 billion in the first quarter, but uh, um, that has more to do with the rate than the number of houses being sold. Um, so this is uh, this is. Uh, just all these little indicators. I'm, you know, very concerned about uh, where we're heading and and what ultimately what type of crash is going to occur. Because uh, obviously these things aren't sustainable. And really, I don't know how they're going to ease in this this school debt stuff. I mean, if people had been smart, they would have had three years of paying without any interest. So every penny they paid would have been principal and. But, but most, they weren't doing that. They're not doing that, and everybody thinks the president's going to give them a break. The, the number they well, that's threw, why yeah. this right, huge disincentive has been has been posed. Right, but Bob, we're talking about a relatively small amount. How much did they say they were going to do? Ten or twenty thousand. Small amount is still more than free. Right, but you still got the rest of it to pay off. I mean, when you can pay interest free. No, I I, look, I, no, I agree with you. I, I'm just, just telling you um, what the, where the mindset comes from. Yeah. So. Um, there, this is just um, debt balances are almost three trillion higher than pre-pandemic. Um, so, the Fed says most household, many households are still more financially stable than they were before, um, and so, and that really has to do with the mortgage. Wait, who rate. says that? The Fed says it. The Fed is saying that. Of course, they say that. Right. They're, they're they're the nitwits that led us into this. Right, but they're they're saying what happened. The reason that is because so many people refinanced before. This president came into office, and the interest rates started shooting up. Uh, so, and that's the other thing that's happening in in Rochester right now, and other places. There's no houses to sell because people are sitting on three percent or less mortgages, and they can't bring themselves to go buy a new house at mm. at five and a half, six, six point two percent interest. Well, Ro- Rochester is uh, is a notoriously uh, scarce. Housing market. There's almost very few houses, relatively speaking, for sale. Right, and and this is exacerbating it right now. Um, a house around the corner from me, a small house, a 1,700 square foot house, um, hasn't been. It was built in '86, never been updated, in very nice condition, but little house, ranch, uh, was listed for 290, and it sold or 299. It sold. For three ninety two, oh, this yeah, is a yeah, seventeen hundred yeah. square foot house. <laughs> um, so people are are 
you know, there's just nothing available out there. And um, another house on my street, a split level, or on, around the corner from me, a split level built in the eighty in the seventies. It's been completely redone inside, so it looks beautiful. But it's a one and a half bathroom, three bedroom split level, and it's listed for three fifty. Yeah, they'll get it. Oh, yeah. And that's the other thing the realtors are telling me. They're marking everything. You know, they're pricing everything way below um, to get interest. And then the bidding war starts. And so, you know, I was talking to uh, one of the neighbors. I was talking to folks that bought that house and fixed it up. And they think they're going to get well over 400 for that split-level house. Yeah, which is 20, 30 offers. Oh, Yeah. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Jeez. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, so there's there's a lot of issues going on here, and um, just I just hate to see people's running up their credit cards and not paying them off because uh, someone's not going to be there to bail us out. All right, I'm hearing some music. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and I we'll talk about some military stuff. Okay, Steve, we'll be right back with more with Captain Steve Momano and Dr. Bob Savage. It is Valor Radio on the WYSL stations. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Ontario Insurance Company, 28 Canandaigua Street in Shortsville. Hi, this is Laura Stradley, Executive Director of Veterans Outreach Center and a U.S. Army veteran. At VOC, we offer a wide range of services from mental health support to job placement assistance and more. All of our programs are focused on the personal success of our veterans. I invite you to visit our website to learn more, vocroc.org. As we prepare for Memorial Day, I hope you'll take a few moments to remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice in service to our nation. Thank you, and God bless America. Join Abate Monroe County American Bikers aimed toward education and help adult bikers ride free and safe. Check out our meetings on the third Friday monthly at Wise Guys Diner and Catering, 2811 Dewey Avenue. Join Abate for less than 50 cents a week. Google Abate Monroe County on the web. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. I know the uh, captain likes these blasts from the past, so let's try another one. (laughs) 
What's so funny? Oh, just laughing about the busy bee. The what? The busy bee on the radio, WBBF. Busy bee in a radio? Five oh, I don't understand. How can you put a bee in a radio? Well, I don't know you do that, you know, you're going to ruin, ruin the radio. I know, I know. dollar weekend with a busy bee and a queen bee. Oh, you mean a WBBF? That's right. Well, that much I know, but what's this about a bee? I don't understand what you mean by bee. Why do you always have to sit next to me in this bus? We're back in here with Valor Radio. Bob Bob Green did all those the, all those production bits for BBF. He was brilliant. Now what? Who's the Queen Bee? Jessica Savage. I was going to say, isn't that cool? Wow, she's another former Merv Griffin employee. Too. What kind of person was she? Uh, I I didn't know her well. She was, uh, I mean, she got into the business when I was like in high school. Was she on her way up? Well, like you could tell, she was on her way up. Oh yeah, I mean she was uh, she was a superstar and got hired into major markets out of BBF. Oh, so right. <laughs> sorry, Paul. I completely derailed the show. Segway, segway from WBBF to uh, we'll go back to some military stuff. That's okay, Steve. I don't sure, wanna, you know you guys are having a great conversation <laughs> there. Guess, Maybe it's an idea for a new away. show, uh, the history of radio. No, I'm telling you, um, it would be interesting. But I uh, always love these tidbits. That's, uh, I'm pretty sure I remember that whole WBBF thing you just played. So I, as soon as I started. About 66. Yeah, yeah. It's just a young pup at the time, but uh, um, I think I do remember that because that was the radio station that we, whatever little radio we had, that's usually the one that we were listening it to. Was. Yeah. So uh, we've been out of uh, Afghanistan now for a while. We've been mostly out of Iraq. Um, but uh, Army is straining. They've missed their uh, recruiting goals by 20%, um, you know, 10% or higher each the last two years. And um, so their end strength is smaller. They're down under a million. Under a million. Yeah, 950,000, which sounds like a lot. But when you think about how, how the whole system works and you know if you have 950,000 total what percentage of those are the tip of the spear folks you know the units that are deploying that need all the they say for every shooter you know there's 20 or 23 people behind that support that so you know do the arithmetic Mm -hmm. Um, and there's still quite a demand for our services around the world they're happening we're not in a direct you know, something that's getting reported every day in the news, um, which I don't understand well, when you, we have people... You know, to... you know what I would ask th- these uh, people? I'd say, what is it about the military now that makes it uh, uh, such a problem? Because this is the second year in a row that they missed their goal. Why now? What is it about the military now? I mean, we're not, we're not fighting in Afghanistan anymore. We're not... Why now? Well, I think, uh, I think there's a... A whole group of questions. Um, I think we were, that was going to be the follow-up um, once we, we talk about this a little bit more. But uh, folks are deploying, and it's a long cycle when you deploy. I know you going out on a ship, uh, there's a lot of preparation getting ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And as, as you get closer, it ramps up, and there's a certain group of logistical hurdles you have to meet there's a training objectives you have to do either at national training center at fort irwin or the joint readiness training center at fort polk louisiana to, for the unit 
more or less to be qualified to say they can perform the missions that they're getting sent to do. And so all this time you're doing these things, you're, you're away from your families. This is before you go to deployment. Mm-hmm. You're, you're training up and you're, the tempo's getting higher and higher, higher op tempo, less time away from the family or more mm-hmm. time away from the family. Then all of a sudden, boom, you're gone and you're deployed and you come back. And the whole thing starts all over again. You know, we were doing this at a ridiculous pace, you know, through the uh, first decade of, of uh, you know, the 21st century here. Especially from, the Army. Yeah. And um, just absolutely drove, you know, push things to the limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's happening now. You throw on top of this now, uh, not really meeting recruitment goals, it's putting more pressure on less number of people, more requirements so that They've got to fill them, right. and people are going to have shorter breaks between uh, these deployments or other things. That uh, so, Army's in a in a tough spot right now. Um, and you ask the question, what's going on with recruiting? Uh, all mm. the services are suffering pretty much the same. Um, you know, the Army has tried uh, a lot of customer focused things to try to get more people in the door but uh now they're looking at their systems and um they're you know if, if the salespeople aren't selling they got to be replaced well you know i gotta tell you after reading that that particular article about um they're they're talking about un- underperforming recruiters being quote-unquote purged from the army purged uh, from recruiting from recruiting yeah. yeah well um you know that that's a that's a pretty interesting uh, issue because the army is now allowing soldiers with GEDs to be recruiters. They don't even have to have uh, high school diplomas, so they're lowering standards all over the place to get right. people in the door, and that includes recruiters. Right. And um, the, the 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 sergeant major was talking about, um, you know, he wants the families to be involved. You know, with, with the recruiter. Then, then he talks. The, the sergeant major of the army talked about um, people don't realize the effect that this has on families. The op tempo. Well, you know what? The public really doesn't care what the effect on our fa- our families is. They just want the job done, and they expect it to be done. And and they're unrealistic in thinking it's going to be done under these circumstances. Yeah, there's there's a whole slew of things that happen too when the the standards get adjusted down. Um, you know, once you start pushing the standards down, that means you're going to have more problems later on. I bet. Um, because you've accepted people that you otherwise wouldn't have accepted that come with more issues, more problems, more baggage, and they end up not being the um, mobilization and the, and the deployment assets that you need them to be. I, I don't. That's not unreasonable. I mean, well, we're seeing that in a lot of areas. We're seeing that in first responders because you know law enforcement. The biggest concern with uh, law enforcement now is recruitment, <clears throat> and in order to fill the spots, they, they the standards change, and yeah. it's the same things happening in the military. Well, the military tends to purge itself. Um, you know, because people come in for three or four years and they move on. But, you know, for instance, with first responders, law enforcement, fire and other things, when you get substandard people in there, they get a whole series of protections and you can own those people for the next 20 or 25 years. But this issue with the military is not easily going to go away. There's no panacea. There's no easy fix for it. Um, 
there, you know, people are saying, giving every kind of reason. Well, there's plenty of work out there. Typically, when there's a lot of unemployment, more people will go to the military as an alternative. Um, but that's, uh, I think, this is a whole conglomeration of things, not just the fact that there's a lot of work out there, so people aren't looking at the military. I think there's a lot of attitudes about the military. I think people see the price the military's paid the last 20 years. People grew up with this. Um, and so I, I you know, I'm, I'm just not sure. I, the other thing I've noticed at MCC when I started teaching there uh, dec- more than a decade ago, I would have four to five veterans in every class I taught. I think I've had one veteran in the last three three or four semesters. Hmm. I think I've had one veteran. Really? Um, and I've had and I had one this semester. So um, just don't. I, something's changing pretty dramatically, and I don't know if we can step back and take a look at it and see what what those bigger issues are, um, and uh, if we can do anything to affect any change with that. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, more with Dr. Bob Savage, Captain Steve Momano, and I'm Paul Simonelli. And uh, you. Important part of the equation. Thanks for listening to Valor Radio on the WYSL stations. The best things in life are free. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. White on white, lace on satin, blue velvet ribbons on her bouquet. Big hit from 62 for you here on Valor Radio. Welcome back into the Captain and the Colonel. Thank you, Robert. So, uh, you know, we have people that... uh, We've come to know in our lifetimes uh, that have done some pretty spectacular things. And, you know, we try to, um, when we can, put out a, you know, talk about them so we don't forget. And uh, I thought it was sort of interesting that the Air Force decided to. uh, Oh, yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Um. (coughs) Excuse me. But uh, Buzz Aldrin, who was the second person to walk on the moon. Uh, I love Buzz, Buzz Aldrin. I always have. He's sort of a character, right? He, he's he's, he's edgy. a little outside the A little edgy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doesn't always go with... Uh, Did you see about 10 years ago he tangled with some either some reporter or some punk that was like in his face? And, yes. And yeah. the guy grabbed him and he just like decked this guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love Buzz Aldrin. Yeah, he's, he's not afraid to say what he's thinking. No. Um, he's out there. And um, he likes women. Well, he's, that's a good thing. He, he's always out there, like <laughs> I approve trolling. of that. He's always trolling for is a good woman. Yeah, is that what it is. Yeah, oh. I, like, I like Buzz. Hey, well, that's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good pickup line in the bar. Um, <laughs> Did you know that? I didn't know that he was. Uh, he shot down two MIGs. Yeah. In Korea. Yeah. Two MIG 15s, which I I can't use the NATO code name anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah, so anyway, that's uh, that's pretty amazing. But he's still hanging on there, and uh, cool? you see him on. They just honorarily promoted him to brigadier general. Is he pushing ninety? He's ninety, 90 right? Ninety three. Ninety three. Wow. He's ninety three. Yeah. Well, you know, he flew from uh, fifty two to fifty nine. He's an old sob. So God bless him. You know, he, yeah. He flew the F one hundred Super Saber. Yeah. After before he, and he first he, he flew the Saber jet, the F eighty six. 
Right. With the, I think with the pods. I think it had, did it have the pods on the I wings? Think so, or yeah. I love that plane. Um, or maybe not. I can't remember yeah. which one. So 1969 Apollo 11. Yeah. Um, he, him and uh, Neil Armstrong. Says he was the first guy to completely complete a successful spacewalk with Gemini 12. I thought that was Ed White for some reason. Yeah, I know. I, maybe maybe he was with Ed White. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, no, they would only one person would go out. Yeah, maybe he was the guy. Yeah, maybe he switched off with Ed or something. Gemini Twelve. I know. Boy, oh boy, two two men um, in space. Imagine that side by side yeah. with Buzz Aldrin. But he, where did he graduate from? Uh, West Point. That's right. Uh, yeah. How you like that, West Point? There, you there was go. no. I get. Well, when did the Air Force Academy going in the business? I don't, I don't know. I, I got to check into that one. I don't he know. wants to go back to the moon. Yeah. He's not going to go, but I mean, Obviously. he wants to go. Yep. Um, the guy's no lightweight, though. He's no. got a PhD yeah. from MIT. I mean, where do you? I know. And he was the first astronaut to get. Uh, Isn't a that cool? Degree. He was the first yeah. one. I didn't know yeah. that. He's not a lightweight. No. I mean, you can almost because he's a little eccentric when he talks and stuff. You can yeah. sort of under, you know, people might question, but there's a lot of substance there. Definitely. Um, and I don't know what an honorary general is. Though. Why don't you just make him a general? Yeah. Well, just give him a star. Well, you know that's interesting. Is he going to go on the books as? I, I know it's a nice thing that they did. Well, they it's did. A nice they, they made Glenn Ford an admiral. Yeah. When he, before he kicked over, I mean they. Yeah, you they, know they, the they t- made Jimmy Stewart a, a, a. Well, he was a one star, but right. but Jimmy Stewart was a, a pretty solid, right, operational guy. He was. Yeah, he so. was. He earned his stripes. Um, yeah. And of course, Neil Armstrong was a Navy guy. You do remember that he was a Navy guy. Yeah, he wasn't. He was a civilian when he went on the moon. But you know, I love those pictures of him wearing his khaki uniform. Oh, here we go. Yeah, here we I, go. Neil Armstrong, first man to walk on the moon, so, was a Navy guy. <clears throat> but you're right. You know, the Na- the Department of Defense can do anything it wants if the yeah. president signs off on it. Right. I remember after 9/11, uh, what was the name of the doctor with the artificial the Bakey or yeah, yeah, the artificial yeah. heart guy? Yeah, the Bakey. Um, he was at some reception at the White House. Now he's in his sixties at this point uh-huh. with George Bush after nine eleven, uh-huh. and he said he felt one of his biggest regrets in life was that he never served in the military. Get out. Bush signed uh, all the no. waivers necessary. They commissioned him a lieutenant colonel in the United States Army Reserve, and he used to go to Walter Reed to to well, teaching you know, and other things. Trump Trump uh, let Reince Priebus uh, waived his. Uh, requirement to be a, a certain age to be a, a direct commission there you he go. put he put him in and he was well over the age limit yeah. and they he waived it so the bottom line is they could have done something for this guy um and so this is uh but it's still a great thing that they did if nothing else and uh yeah congratulations general uh, absolutely nice, nice to nice to see become, a good guy get something yeah yeah, and he—I thought he was a little bit on the outs with, uh, you know, because he always didn't take the NASA line. He really, you know, he won't—he didn't drink the Kool Aid, no, and he really stayed like that, true to himself. Yeah, yeah, and I—I I appreciate that. So, yeah. uh, there's General, a lot of Kool Aid being consumed at uh, NASA these days. Yeah, there sure is. Yeah. So, General Aldrin, uh, congratulations, and uh, love now, you, Buzz. For one of the guys that uh, got to see the stars much closer than any of us, you are now one of those stars. So, absolutely, um, what a nice story, right? Terrific story. And then we have to jump to something here, and I know this bothered you reading the article, and I, I guess I just don't understand um, why every time someone. Uh, 
has the opportunity, they have to talk about um, some negativity or something else. Here we have the Secretary of Defense, and, you know, guy has been a success. He's a success story, whether you like him or don't like him. Right. You know, came up through the ranks. Right. Uh, got four stars, yep. got as high as you could get in the military, ends up being the Secretary of Defense, yet has to discuss. Um, now he's all of a sudden talking about his, his rotten, uh, you know, upbringing when he was in, you know, grew up in the South or, you know, grew up in the segregated South or something. And, you know, I didn't even know that the segregation was an issue in his life. But right. now we're going to hear about it. I guess. Right, and he's a West Point grad. We're talking about Lloyd Austin. We're talking about Lloyd Austin. I mean, uh, you know, twenty some odd thousand kids a year apply to West Point. A thousand get accepted, and those are was, the numbers, really. Huh? And he was one of those people. Yeah. Um, Celebrate. So, you know, instead of instead of empowering kids and letting kids know that. You can do these things, right. and 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 to stay focused on an objective or something else, it's like, woe is me! Mm-hmm. I graduated from West Point. I did forty-one years in the military. Got four stars. I'm Secretary of Defense, but I'm a victim, and I just it just yeah, is, it's just unsavory. The yeah, I just don't. I I, I couldn't see uh, Colin Powell doing that. I mean, Colin Powell had the had uh, you know, I mean, he was from New York, of course, but uh, or from Harlem. But uh, I couldn't see Colin Powell making that speech. He he would he would probably talk about how things sucked back then, but he would talk he would emphasize right. like you said the positivity of the fact that he became. People need to hear know, that. They need people, to hear that yeah. from senior leaders. Not that in spite of my victimization, right. I still made it. So sit at home and worry and be a victim. That's my and, only objection yeah, to it. It's like, that's, that's, why why are you bringing that up now? Right. Um, right now, he's he's got a morale problem. He needs absolutely. to bring he needs to bring people in enthusiastically. Right, called leadership. Yeah, mm. and it's uh, unfortunately it's it's lacking right now. Um, so the the world didn't break this past week. Um, you know, the world that I live in did not break. I, I know there's a lot of negativity out there about renaming of some of these bases. Um, I know. You know, we can make arguments on both sides. Um, I'm I'm trying to look at Steve. I'm trying to know how much that bother. A lot of this bothers you, um, and may you know think that much much of this was unnecessary. But I'm trying to look forward and remain positive. And um, I'm thinking about the you know the generation of soldiers to come in the next that are going to be recruited the next five years that are going to go through Fort Moore, Georgia, instead of Fort Benning for basic training, advanced individual training, mm-hmm. Ranger training, um, and airborne training and and are their lives going to be negatively impacted by this? Or is that, you know, 30 years from now when you and I are 40 years from now when we're all gone, mm-hmm. um, is it is it going to be that negative a thing um, that these changes occurred? Uh, I, I Like I said, we could sit here and, and go back and forth about whether it was necessary or not. But uh, And when we come back, just like the – I know it's, it's something that bothers you quite a bit and probably more than it bothers me at this point. But uh, let's talk about it after the break. Um, hearing some music, we'll take a break. We'll come back, talk a little bit more about uh, base name changes and uh, a few more stories here on Valor Radio. On the WYSL stations, 92.1 FM, 95.5 FM West, AM 1040.
your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal, business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Ontario Insurance Company, 28 Canandaigua Street in Shortsville. The colors are red for valor, white for innocence, and blue for justice. Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all, and our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eflagstore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Ventix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Fallow Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. And we bump back in here with a little music from 18-year-old Ted Nugent uh, when he was with the Amboy Dukes. Back to the Colonel and the Captain. Thanks, Robert. So, uh, Steve, I don't know if you have any... Um, I, I'm Helmore, like you said, one of the good guys um, celebrating it. it can't think of a i mean there's a lot of people that probably deserve or you know we could name bases after that's not bad it's a good one um yeah i like that one i was uh it was interesting that uh um i really thought fort hood that's been renamed uh fort cavazos Cavazos, now rich cavazos was the first hispanic four-star general i don't Um, know him but i hear a lot of people say good things about him yeah i my first boss in the army worked for him when yeah. he was a four-star commander and uh-huh. uh, spoke unbelievably positively about him. So uh, give that the benefit of the doubt. I yeah. don't know him. I really thought they were going to name it after Ray Benitez, oh, uh, Medal of Lord. Honor winner. Well, I love that guy. They should have named it after him. They should him. have. I, I don't know. There should be something named after uh, Roy Benavides. Roy Benavides. Yeah, yeah. I just he's the best. I mean, yeah. probably the bravest guy ever. To put an army uniform on, so um, but uh, they will someday. At but some point, but that, that day hasn't come yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I guess uh, a few of these things we could talk about. This I think something there was a little bit of overkill that uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the military academies have had to strip clean um, any 
vestige. Any vestige of anybody that uh, served in the Confederacy that went through those service academies. Yeah, there's um, a purge there for you. There, that's uh, a purge. Um, you know, it's still history. It's still something that we need to understand, learn, yeah. and comprehend. That, and, that's my <clears> gripe, <throat> Paul, right, as, as a historian. Right. I, don't, I don't like to see a history erased or, you know, it's like the, the when the Soviets used to put, uh, 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 they used to take people out of photographs. You know, they used to actually just, you know, Photoshop people right. out. So, and, and, and write them out of history because they just didn't want to, you know, right. acknowledge them. That's the Cultural Revolution in China. That's, that's right. what, exactly what thing. it is. Same thing. Well, this so, is a Cultural Revolution. Yeah, we're, we're it's exactly the same right thing. Yeah, there's um, no difference in my opinion. So, so let's talk a little bit about a uh, uh, Marine Corps veteran who uh, had the misfortune of being on a subway in uh, hmm. New York City wow. a couple weeks ago. And uh, took action that he believed necessary to uh, uh, protect himself and the other people on that subway car. And is now charged with manslaughter. Um, Dan Penny is his name. Uh, online fundraiser. They've raised $2 million for him already for his defense. 2.3. As it keeps yeah, going it's up. It's going to keep on going up every day, um, I bet. And... Uh, just, uh, Do you think it's going to help him in New York, though? I mean, you can. Well, you in know, New York, it's just a tough environment to get uh, defend yourself against that. So here's here's I mean, Article Thirty Five, the Penal Law, justification in the use of force, legal justification to use force. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he reasonably believe, based on everything he saw and knew, his his life experiences, mm-hmm. what he knew about? What's going on in New York City and other things? What the guy said he was going to do. What the guy said he was going to do was it? Re- did he reasonably believe that he was in fear for his? That the guy was either going to cause uh, kill mm-hmm. or, or cause serious physical injury to other people on that train? Mm-hmm. That's the first question. Um, the second question is: Was his was his a, a reasonable person similarly placed? Would they? Make come to could they come to that same conclusion? That's the burden uh, on the prosecutor to prove that he wasn't justified in the use of the force that he used. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's that's really what it comes down to in the courtroom. Um, the burden's completely on the prosecutor to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he was unreasonable. Um, based on everything he knew, life experiences, what the guy was saying, what he believed to be happening in front yeah. of him, and that a reasonable person, no reasonable person could have thought that there was, uh, you know, a belief that uh, a belief that this person was going to cause serious physical injury or or death to folks that were on that train car. It's a tough. It's a tough situation. Article 35 cases are always tough. They're tough for prosecutors. They're tough for defense attorneys. Um, you're right. It's wonder, all going to be in the jury if, selection. Uh, this is a legal Bray. question. This is a legal question. And if you could trust judges, this is the kind of case you might consider giving to a judge. Wave a jury and give it to a judge. Because juries these days, you just don't know what you're going to get um, uh, oftentimes. So, I just wish we had an even-handed... Um District Attorney in Manhattan. Well, it's going to be uh, bound over to a grand jury probably in July. Right, and that could, it could go away in the grand jury it if could. he chooses to testify in the grand jury. Mm-hmm. And in in these type cases, if they he, have any empathy at all, for um, I mean, I mean, just to think, what, if that, if I were on that train, what would I, what would I do? What would I want to have done to that guy? 
Yeah, you know, and just, they, they should think in those terms. And, and, and if they another, do, they'll let him go. Another issue of fact, too, uh, is was <clears throat> were his actions, was that lethal force? Uh, and from what I'm hearing, it really is not. The case can be made that it's not because it's a, it's a training, uh, you know, a, a military training utilizes that maneuver. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but martial the, arts does. Right, but in military, I mean, this is the battle you fight with the military training. Military training, you learn how to kill people. Um and you learn different methods to do that. But the that. point is, that it's it's in training. It's administered every day, mm-hmm. you know, like scores of times, and nobody dies from it. Yeah. No, because people tap out. You know, they they learn the moves and they they use them as an absolute drop dead last resort. For instance, um, in police work, they are not trained on any type of chokeholds anymore. But if you're at the edge of, you know, if you're going to die at the hands of somebody and you use a chokehold, could you be, ju- are you justified in using it? Sure. It's not an ideal thing to do. Um, it, anytime you get involved with uh, something like this, you end up potentially, you know, there, there's, there's physiologically things that occur in that process. And once you get past a certain point, the number of people that do lose their lives from this type of thing. So I, it, it's like I said, that is one of the facets. Was that de- the deadly physical force that he used just because the person died? That's, that's a good question. Did, could he have stopped sooner? Could he have stopped what he was doing before the guy? Where the hell were the cops during this whole well, thing? This, this is a moving train. It's a moving train. Well, usually, they, in the past, there have been uh, transit officers on board those trains, but of course, uh, because we hate cops now, yeah, right. they're not there anymore. Well, or or there's, you can't be on every car on every train. I, so you know, there might have been. Guys. Why is this guy free? That's the that's the yeah. overarching issue. Why isn't this guy in an institution? That that's that's a whole nother question. Yeah. That's a whole nother question. Um, that. But all that goes, that really doesn't go to the the two questions. Were his actions, did he reasonably believe that he was in fear for, you know, for his life and for, or for the lives of others? Or, and was that a reasonable thing for him to believe? If that doesn't doesn't meet that standard, what situation would? Right, right. I know. Um, Now the guy's looking at 3 to 15 at, you know, Rikers Island or something. Godforsaken yeah. hell no, there's no Attica. Is, there's no coming back from from a conviction for something like this. Mm. So, I mean, your life. You, if you make it through, mm-hmm. he's a marine. He probably would make it through. But you know, there's even going through what he's going through right now. Even if the grand jury exonerates him, it's it's a life changing event. Yeah. Um, and you know, we just uh, um, it, it's just a terrible situation, and it's something that didn't have to be. Because of the way the system is right now and the way it's being handled in New York City. Um, by the way, I was sort of dumbfounded. The governor yesterday said, if I heard her correctly, 40,000 or 60,000 illegal immigrants are being housed by New York City yeah. right now. I think it's actually 63,000. 63,000. They're converting the Roosevelt Hotel yeah, to... I saw uh, that. Yeah. Isn't that something? That'll just, be trashed. Um, well, it was closed. You know it. The reopening. You know that's going to be It's trash. been closed. Um, yeah. Well, it was closed because of COVID, and uh, there were financial right. problems, and right. the thing needs renovation. Right. It's going to get a renovation already. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> um, but just unbelievable oh, yeah. burden on the city on top of everything else that it has to uh, endure. <laughs> be um, careful what you wish for. Yeah, uh, I know. Sanctuary state. This is, this is tough stuff. Um, and... 
Jeez. I know. I'll tell you, this is this is a tough one. Um, oh, and did you happen to catch, I don't know if I sent it to you or not, Chinese firm buys an education company contracted by the U.S. military. Can, can uh, you, is that surreal or what? Is that, I know. The, the, the SAT, ACT test company, Primavera Capital Group, bought by China, and they're a U.S. military contractor. Right. And people are saying, well, they hold huge uh, amounts of personal data on U.S. persons. Could it be accessed by the Chinese Communist Party? Uh, yeah. If anything Chinese can be accessed by the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, they bought Princeton Review and Tudor. Uh, they must be uh, doubled over laughing in Beijing. We're making it easy. We're making it easy. Um <laughs> This is just this is just something crazy. This crazy stuff. Not going to on. mention this is like this is the Princeton Review. I know it's like going back to when we were kids, I know. guys. This is the company. I know it was the the company, the premier company. So um, funny. I don't know. It just, really is pretty funny. Yeah, it, it, like we, we it are wasn't going so through, tragic. Yeah. So, all right. I'm hearing some music. I guess that's all we can do today, Steve. Yep. Um, Folks, have a great week. Uh, let's keep an eye on the PGA out at Oak Hill. Hopefully uh, we have great weather and uh, uh, we host this tournament the way Rochester can do that. And uh, next week we'll be talking, we'll be celebrating that it's all over and uh, we had a good week. Keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, guardians, all those serving with them. Uh, keep them in your thoughts and in your prayers. And keep Brett in your prayers. And go to locustclub.org and donate. We'll see you next week on Valor Radio. I just do it anyway Providing for our futures My responsibility